With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. All right, and it's another podcast uh, this afternoon. I'm here with Louis Ergoni. Hey, Dolphins. Uh, Sunday night. Sunday night football. Sunday night football. It's always fun. It's fun until you have to listen to Chris Collinsworth and Tarico. <laughs> I mean, my God. I mean, it seemed like they were, you know, Pittsburgh fans to some extent. I, I just, you know, when I listen to a game, you know, there's some announcers, Mike, um, that don't sound somewhat biased, but you know, those guys last night, I mean, to me, it was, you know, Pittsburgh this and Pittsburgh that. And, um, you know, I, I, I just get annoyed by it. I mean, maybe as a Dolphin fan, I want them to, you know, give them a little bit more credit than what they, um, you know, than what they should. I mean, these guys are knowledgeable play, uh, knowledgeable announcers. Collinsworth's been around forever, the same with Tarico. You know, when you've got a guy like Ogba out, and you've got Igbenogany in the football game where basically he's, you know, fifth on your depth chart at cornerback. You know, I think that they have to emphasize those sort of things. And the fact that, you know, they're, they're out there, they, they mentioned it a few times, but I think it's, it's very significant. And um, I think that they talked more about Pittsburgh and their situations than they did the Dolphins. And, um, I think they definitely dropped the ball in regard to, you know, the 72 team. I mean, they didn't spend a lot of time on it at all. You know, it was interesting to me because I actually thought that, you know, they were going to show clips and all this other stuff and everything. And it was very minimal. Well, they did it in the stadium, you know, during halftime. Well, I know they did it it. at the stadium, but, you know, I felt that, you know, with the significance of that football team that, you know, they should have covered it a little bit more, you know, um, I know that ESPN and NFL Films ha- had crews down at the um, Hard Rock over the weekend, and they had rooms set up down there for interviews with all of the guys that were in town. Right. And I'm just wondering where all of that is going to wind up. Um, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, both of them come out with something which would be outstanding because they had interviews, I believe, set up. Uh, at the hotel, a couple of people that were down there roaming around had told me that they had, you know, signs up saying interviews for, um, you know, ESPN and NFL films, as I said, from like 10 to five o'clock. So they had guys going in and out of there, uh, guys from the team, and hopefully they would put something together 
which they will air at some point, which would absolutely absolutely be awesome because, you know, again, the telecast last night really didn't do much for me. You know, in All right. What to about that. the game, Lewis? All right. So the game, well, we did our last word first. How's that, Mike? Right? So um, <laughs> that, That's only on Wednesday. The game okay. itself, I've, you know, if you're a Dolphin fan and you're satisfied by that effort, I mean, then I don't know what to tell you because the game last night, Basically, as you watched it and as you saw it unfolding, and we need an interception by Igbenogany, you know, late in the fourth quarter to, you know, to seal the deal. You know, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. Can't be satisfied with that. This isn't a playoff team, Mike. You know, it's as simple as that. You watched, you, you know, you watch this game unfold and they come out and they look fantastic. And, um, you know, you look at a defense that is very shorthanded and became even more shorthanded over the course of the game by losing Jones. And I think Davis went out for a bit and came back in, but they were already shorthanded. And, you know, they have to literally play perfect football, you know, for four quarters in order for us to win a football game. And to me, it's very difficult to put the blame on a coaching staff or specific coaches or specific players um, to some extent when you've got a unit that's very shorthanded, still playing extremely good football and keeping us in games. I mean, last night they had to do it for four quarters. Over the course of this season, you know, eventually teams broke us down, you know, and that's what the better teams are going to do. You know, I think we were fortunate that we went against a rookie quarterback last night because it may have been much of the same that we have seen in in past weeks to where eventually the defense breaks down and uh, we wind up losing a football game. The ineptitude of the offense, which was basically at full strength last night, minus Austin Jackson. Which by the well, which by the way, his backup did a really good job last night, and it was interesting that they went with him instead of Little. Um, it, it, it they should have, you know, after <laughs> they that should've. Little played two weeks ago. But they were at full strength last night. Um, offensive side, no excuses. You know, so it's really, really hard for me to to sit to sit down watch a football game and be satisfied with a victory like that last night we were fortunate we were extremely fortunate okay but you you got to have a couple like that as the season goes along the the problem that that is developing though is you know the the, the quarterback who's supposed to be your focal point <laughs> is missing time and he's now rusty according to them uh if he's rusty, why why was he starting? I mean, that's my question. You know, mm-hmm. if he didn't show accuracy and and all those things during the week, and you're saying that he's rusty, then maybe he shouldn't have been your starter. But that that aside, well, hold on, Mike. Before you go any further, right? Rusty, okay. His best drive of the game was, was his early. first drive. Yeah. So I mean, if you're rusty. You know, it takes you a while to get going, much like we saw with Bridgewater, right, a couple of weeks ago. Right. You know, when he came into the game. Agreed. He started getting going after he dusted, you know, he dusted himself off, dusted the rust off, right? To me, it's an excuse because, as you mentioned, if he wasn't performing at a level during practice, then you've got a capable backup 
that maybe you go with, you give to her another week. You know, to me, and, and here's the other thing that pisses me off before we move on, Mike. You know, people are very critical of Bridgewater when he came into the football game. Oh, he stinks. You know, look at what he did. We can't win with this guy. So on and so That guy had one practice. <laughs> one. I mean, one practice under his belt when he played a couple of weeks ago, right? Thompson basically had a week to prepare or a short week to prepare with with the number ones, and he looked pretty good too, okay? Tua had a full week of practice and then some, because I think he came back late last week and actually- Right, was uh, held out of the game. Was held out of the game. So to me, it's an excuse. Um, You go out there- You've got a Monday night game, national TV, the 72 Sunday team. Night. Sunday night game. You know, the 72 team is in the crowd. Um, you've got every, every opportunity to shine. You've got Armstead back at tackle, which was major. I mean, major. That really was major, by It the way. really was. Absolutely. I mean, a major plus. Waddle, who was questionable out there playing lights out, had a really good game. Uh, Mozart, really good game. You look around and where, where do you put the blame here? And it's got to fall on your quarterback. Um, you know, I don't know how much longer I can honestly deal with. It's one thing or another. Um, at some point the kid's got to go out there. He's got to play better than he is because the team around them is playing at a very good level. The running game was there. The blocking was there. The receivers are there. The defense was there. We had 16 points on the, on the board. The kicker was there, right? Yeah. The kicker kicked three through last night. So he was there. Everything, everything was there for us. This should have been a three-touchdown game, Mike. We should have won by three touchdowns. We won by six. But, you know, again, a win's a win. I don't want to be negative, but it, the game just left a very bad taste in my mouth. It really did. So go ahead. I can understand that. I mean, you watched Tua last night, and uh, some of the throws that he made were really questionable decisions. Not necessarily poor throws, but just questionable decisions. He was very, very fortunate that uh, the Steelers were uh, allergic to catching the ball. Well, Yeah. You can see why those guys aren't receivers. The whole secondary, I think, dropped one at one yeah. point or another. Yeah. And, and it, Mike, it wasn't only the, 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 the pickable throws that he threw, right? Oh, I you know. know. There, were, there, were, there were, I mean, I want to see that there were two passes down the field that, that, um, that Hill had opportunities at. He was behind the defenders right before the half when they had to settle, um, I believe, for a field goal right before the half. Um, if he threw to the corner, you know, of that, you know, the, the pylon, um, that's a touchdown. He threw it well behind him on the long, the, very, the only long pass of the night that they threw downfield. Perfect pocket, perfect situation. And he just threw the ball short. Tyreek was behind the defender. I mean, when, you know, when are we going to see guys getting hit in stride? You know, I'm tired of seeing Waddle having to go up and make catches over the middle that are three feet above his head. Hit him in stride. Allow him to run with the football. The same with Tyreek. It's either low or it's behind him. A million passes last night were behind players. Some of them were late. The one to Gusecki that comes to mind, 
um, when he threw it kind of low to the ground. I mean, Gusecki broke open 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, and he sh- he needed to hit him right there. Instead, he threw the ball late. I mean, it was just one thing after another. We go back and look at those 35 attempts last night, and you're going to see that even on the completions, you know, they were a little bit – they weren't in the right spot at all. And um, it, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. These long passes, they, they've got – Mike. Let me throw something else at you, which, which somebody threw at me the um, coming into this game, right? Tyreek Hill has touchdown catches in one game this year, and that was against Baltimore. Yeah. One, one game. Yeah. One game. This is one of the most dynamic receivers in football. And when I tell you, with two on the field, now forget about the games that Bridgewater and um, Thompson quarterbacked, but with two are on the field, better throws, and Tyreek would probably have six or seven at this point. And that's basically on two as far as I'm concerned. It's got to get better. I mean, you know, you've got a dynamic guy here, and, you know, like I said, one game, one game out of seven, he has t- a touchdown reception, and that, that's, that's not good, not good. And I don't know what Waddle's numbers are, but I don't think he has an awful lot of touchdowns either, Mike. Up to this, well, we point. haven't scored a ton of touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, that's got to change. I mean, you know, at some point he's got three touchdowns up to this point, um, Waddle, and I believe he had one in the Baltimore game as well. Um, so you know, the thing is this: is that he's got to improve as you look around this football team. And you see guys going down week in and week out. Guys, you know, the Brandon Jones injury is supposed to be a bad one, too. Um, So we're losing another starter in the secondary. And somehow they're holding it together, right? You know, that's how deep we are. And that's how good some of the other players on this football team are playing. You know, Duke Riley's come to mind. Van Ginkle had a really good game last night. Baker's been outstanding all year. Wilkins and Sealer have been really, really good. Phillips is improving. He had a nice game last he was, night. He was impactful last he night. He was. You felt he, him last he night. He brought it, and he had yeah. to because yeah. Ogba, you know, Ogba was out of the game. And, yes. um, you know, somebody had to step up, and that's what you want to see. But with all of these factors involved, you know, you wanted more. And, you know, when you look around the team as a whole, uh, you know, a lot of this, you know, a lot of the, the score on the board, and we talk about statistics all the time, Mike, that they don't matter. And you're absolutely right. You say it a lot. I say it right behind you. You know, I don't think the coaching was at its best last night. I felt that their two-minute drill and, and some of the decisions that the, they the made. The clock management was absolutely clock atrocious. management was horrible. That's a combination of your quarterback. Listen, the, the you know, the, the coaching – Definitely comes into play. There's no question about it. But your quarterback has to be conscious of the whole situation as well, you know. And um, you know, it falls on both of them. Um, I sure think. Does. I think that uh, you know, there there's a lot of improvement that's got to happen here, and it's got to come out of our quarterback, or else, Mike, this team is, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna struggle. I mean, we're at four and three right now, and you know. A lot of the pieces on the one side are falling apart, and um, the offense has got to help. They have to help. I mean, you know, if we weren't perfect last night, we lose again. And and then where do you put the blame? You know, on Igbenogany because he gets burnt instead of making an interception at the end of the game? You can't do that. You just can't. And, you know, 
Look, you've got to score more than 16 points. I don't care who you're playing, what day of the week it is. It doesn't yes. matter. You've got to score more than 16 points. You have to. Exactly. You scored one touchdown on, what was it, 13, 14 possessions last night? Uh, 11. 11 possessions. 11 possessions? I mean- Yeah, not counting the last last possession, right. which was only seconds left. And you scored on you scored a touchdown on your very first drive, and then- you don't score a touchdown, let alone a point in the second half. I mean, you know, McDaniel, you know, he's an offensive genius. So, you know, where are we putting the blame here when you're scoring 16 points on a given week, you know, when you're at full throttle? I mean, it's got to get better. And I don't, you know, I don't know what the solution to the problem is, but, Execution. you know. Execution. That's it. It's, it's execute. You can't leave plays on the field. That. Those balls down the field to Tyreek, when you take those shots, they have to be productive. They can't come down as interceptions or incompletions because Tyreek's open, Mike. He's open. You know, it, that doesn't fall on him. It doesn't fall on Tua being rushed. Well, he had I, time. I, I do think you see some bracketing as far as Hill's concerned. But if he's being bracketed and somebody else is open, and that's where the ball should go. Right. Exactly. I mean, there there were times last night where some of the throws in the second half were just atrocious. He's just getting back there. And I listen, his best attribute is getting rid of the ball quick. But there are times where you don't just drop back and throw the ball regardless of the circumstance. I yeah, mean, there's a difference between throwing the ball quick and just throwing the ball. Exactly. And I think he yes. was just throwing the ball. <laughs> right. There were times when you were looking at these throws and you're like, what is he thinking? I mean, he's throwing in the double coverage. You know, the guys that aren't, he's throwing into an open field where there's nobody there. I mean, the guy's down the field and he's just, I mean, do you not see that before you let go of the football or are you just dropping back and making a decision before the play even, you know, develops? I mean, you can't do that. You're giving away plays. And you can't do you can't leave plays on the field. You just can't do it. The only thing I'll say about that, Lewis, is we don't know what the play was. Maybe the receiver made a mistake and it made him look bad. You know what I mean? We'd like to throw a shout out to DraftKings for sponsoring our show. And uh, here's a little message, and we'll be right back. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high, and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks, and you watch as the ball ends. Well, make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Now check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Next week, I'm thinking about taking the uh, Dolphins over the Lions with the under. Now, to make things even sweeter, uh, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. It's possible, but you have time to react to that. You know, I mean, when you look into the flat and the receiver's not there and he's 20 yards down the field. I mean, Mike, I understand if they're 5, 10 yards. I mean, but 
They, they weren't even close. You you look at the pass and you're like, okay, what the mm-hmm. hell was that? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, you know, what are you thinking? And, you know, it's tough. I mean, you know, it's really, really tough to watch at this point. Um, you know, we were excited about his return. And, um, you know, these next couple of weeks, I mean, people think that Detroit and Chicago are going to be just walkovers. And, you know, you don't want to be winning game 16 to 10 like we did last night on the road. I mean, it's going to be a much tougher task. They've got to play at a much higher level on the offensive side. And, you know, Austin Jackson's due back soon. So you've got every starter. I mean, you know, I think Jackson will be back over the next week or two. Well, last so. night, Tua had about as solid as an offensive line as we've put on the field in a while. Um, right. Connor Williams, uh, he graded 93, which is elite. Wow. Uh, Hunt was 76-6, another strong game for him. Yeah, he's and, been uh, really good. Taron Armstead, uh, 70.4. So, you know, you had three guys playing exceptional football. Right. Absolutely. The running game was there too, Mike. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the pass well, blocking. Depending on which back was in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Mo- Mozart is, you know, is head and heels above it. I mean, Edmonds, I He's I don't, so much smoother hitting the hole. He, he's just, he, he just gets it and goes. He he's doesn't. He's faster and he breaks tackles, Mike. Yep. You know, I mean, that one reception he had. Um, down the middle of the field where he yep. just started bouncing broke off two of tackles. guys. Yep. I mean, Edmonds isn't even I think I told him. you after that play that he broke more tackles in that play than Kaseki has in his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, you did say that, and yeah, it was funny last night, and it's funny today. You're right. I mean, you know, Edmonds dropped another ball last night. I mean, this you know, you have to spell Mozart, right? I mean, you have to. I mean, he had, yep. a, you know, he had a decent amount of carries. He was in on a lot of plays. Um, he's doing an outstanding job. I mean, he's head and heels above Edmonds as, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Gaskins needs to get back in the rotation. Yeah. And Edmonds uh, needs to sit down. At some point, you know, you have, to look at, you have to look at Edmonds and say, you know, what is this guy bringing to the table at this point? And it's not an awful lot. You know, the decision-making on that one drive where, you know, you're not – if you're going to run the ball, fine, but run it with your best running back. I mean, why is he on the sideline and why are you running Edmonds? I mean, you know, even if – I just didn't understand the play calling in the least. I mean, I love the quick hitters. I say this over and over again. I mean, in gold is capable. You know, you need two yards there. If you are going to go for it on fourth down, right, you're thinking, okay – because that's what McDaniel said after the game. You just read something to me before we got on in regard to the fact that, you know, he made the decision to go for it. Well, if, if you, and he wanted to go up by basically, because they were going to do, you know, they were going to go for a two-point conversion, he said as well. And they wanted to get, you know, basically, what was it? What do you say, Mike? A two-touchdown lead in the right, game? That's, that's what his thought. Lead. Well, if that's your thought process, then why not throw the ball on third down? Right? Why, Ryan, why not throw the ball on third down if you're going to go for it on fourth down? If you are going to run the ball, then get up at the line of scrimmage and do a quick hitter and have your best running back in or hand the ball off to Engold. So then it's a fourth and really short situation. I mean, the whole situation there, I mean, and there's been games, Mike, right now, some of the decisions that McDaniel has made, including the one last week on the fourth down called, you know, when he had, um, you know, the, the fake punt situation right. and, you know, punting out of the end zone. Um, some of these decisions making in crucial times of the football game, 
are starting to concern me a little bit. You know, I mean, they're, they're questionable. They really are. And um, we keep talking about him being an offensive genius. You know, listen, you, you, you've got to get the job done. You got to start questioning because everybody's healthy now. Last night they were healthy and we had 16 points on the board. So, you know, that's where well, you got to put the you ball. You know, he can be a genius and <laughs> the quarterback still has to execute. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. But, you know, in, in certain, you know, at certain times, Mike, you know, it becomes a situation where the coaching has to help. Um, you know, those play calls, you know, they took the ball, added to his hands, roll them out. You know, roll them out. You know, let him get in the open field. Let him have a couple of options there. That, the play calls were just hideous. They were, they were absolutely horrible. And I, I felt that on fourth down, they should have just kicked the field goal. I mean, we're not, a, we're not a juggernaut offense. We're just not. You know, we're not. You know, we seem to be at times, and we can be. And you have that opportunity to put Pittsburgh down by two, two, you know, two scores. You do it. You, you take the three points. You go up by nine. Because I felt confident in the fact that Pittsburgh, I told you that last night when we were watching the game, and he made that decision. I said, Mike, Pittsburgh's not scoring twice more in this football game. And they're definitely not getting a touchdown. You know, I, that, that's the way I felt with the way the game was, you know, unraveling. Now, I think Brandon Jones went down after that, and it started getting a little dicey. But you got a situation there where you have points, you take them, and you move on from it. But it is what it is. I mean, you know, right now, the team's got to get better. Look, you know, you go with your gut. He thought he thought his guys would make it, and they didn't. And, and you know, I get yep. both sides of it. But, you know, I, I think most football coaches, when they have the opportunity to go up two scores, they're going to they're gonna take advantage of that opportunity. And I think the right call there was to kick the field goal. Agreed. And that's what analytics say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is what it is. But, uh you know, I like him being aggressive. I don't mind that so much, but uh, he's got to be successful at the same time. That's that's the key, you know? Yeah, I mean, if, if you're- If you're going to be aggressive, you've got to be good. Exactly. And, you know, aggressive is not punting on fourth and three at the 40-yard line, you know, and going for it. That that I like. You know, that right. I like to see. You know, we, we've seen too many coaches come in here and just play very conservative football. Yep. That- I think is is fine and dandy, but some of the decision making, um, even even in the red zone, Mike, at times, you know, it's like, come on, get get a little get a little creative in there. You know, you've got double tight ends. Use Smythe. I mean, we don't use him. You know, down by the goal line, play action and throw it to him. I mean, Tyreek's got to be getting a ton of attention. Waddle's got to get a ton of attention. You got double tight ends. Gasecki's getting attention. I, I mean, think something is wrong with Smythe, by the way. I, I mean, he played, but I don't think he's completely healthy. Yeah. I mean, he would. That, that was a plus having him back last night, too, I'm sure, you know, across the line of scrimmage and blocking and whatnot. Mike, they did a great job. They spread him out early. You know, Gasecki was making some plays early on, um, you know, for the rest of the game, kind of disappeared. You know, I think early on in the game, he had a nice big catch. And I think he wound up ending. He wound up with maybe three receptions the whole night when it was all said and done. Uh, yeah, here's the problem as I saw it last night, Lewis. Go ahead. Yep. And Miami came out and they did well. Mm-hmm. And then to then the Pittsburgh adjusted to what Tua was doing, and they took away the middle of the field. Where was our adjustment? Mm-hmm. 
That's totally on to it. If they're covering inside. Well, no, it's it's on the coaches as well, right? Well, Mike, I, I don't think every receiver is is doing a crossing pattern. You don't have four guys. No, no, no. But I'm saying there were the, the Steelers moved men to the middle of the field. They had their safeties back there. They they had linebackers dropping further. They took away the middle of the field for Tua because that's right. where he was throwing all those early passes. Right. And he and continued to throw them there. Go ahead. But once they took it away, right, we didn't have an answer, and I, I'd like to know why. You know, that would be my question. Why couldn't we come up with something? Because if a lot of their guys are in the middle of the field, that would tell me the outsides are open. You know, absolutely. And, uh, so, and so you run hill, and you run somebody else underneath him, or whatever. But you got to you got to be consistent with your passing game. You've got to have answers for what the defense does to you. Oh, I, I agree with you, one hundred and ten percent. But I can't sit here and tell you that. Um, you know, because, you know, obviously you're not seeing, you're not watching the game, um, you know, from, from the TV and seeing what each individual right. is doing in regard to patterns. Um, you know, I know Tyreek does a lot of those crossing patterns and whether he was covered or not, the ball was still getting thrown there. I mean, there, there becomes a situation where, um, I, I just can't see them, Mike, having guys doing nothing but crossing patterns. Somebody on the outside has to be running a pattern. Uh, running oh, I'm back not saying they were doing yeah. nothing but crossing patterns. That wasn't right. what I said. Right. What they I said, said was Pittsburgh they were finding their success in the middle of the field, and that yes. once that was taken away, right. the offense was not able to find something else that would give them consistent yardage. Exactly. Right. And that falls. that falls on, I guess – you know, your quarterback just throwing the football into the middle of the field when they're taking it away from you. You have to make that adjustment. You have to do it. Tell a, tell a running back to go into the flat and, hey, listen, as long as their linebackers are covering up the middle of the field, we're going to the outside. Yep. And you're absolutely right, Mike. I mean, there weren't, there weren't adjustments being made. If the linebackers are dropping back, then you run the ball more into the middle. And there was a drive. On one of the drives where Mozart was running the ball well, he had a couple of nice carries, and then you know you saw Edmonds back in the football game, and you saw them go to something different. I mean, I listen. All I could tell you is this: is that they have to. There's something not right because this offense has an awful lot of talent, and I mean, even Sherfield got got in the mix last night. He had 44 yards on three catches. Um, you know, Mozart was involved in the passing game. He had four catches for 30 yards. Well, that's um, what we've been asking for. And he caught our touchdown pass. But yep. when you have these guys and you have Cedric Wilson on the feet, you know, or at least on the football team, he's not even, you know, playing most of the time. You have all of these players on, your f- on the field and the running game's doing well. You know, something's wrong. Something is not right. You know, it's one thing if Pittsburgh had a, a bunch of possession time on us and we just didn't have the opportunities. We had the opportunity. The first quarter of this game, it should have been over. It should have been done. It should have been 21 nothing, and that's it. Good night, guys. We're going to cruise the rest of the night. I didn't have to go 17 nothing. Right, exactly. Instead, <laughs> it was, you know, it was 13 nothing. Yeah. I mean, you know. It is what it is. So, listen, it is what it is. we did win. Yeah. Okay. Because we we don't have a tone like we won, and we did win, and ultimately that's the most important thing. But in the process, you want to hopefully learn and improve. And uh, I thought there was a lot to learn and a lot to improve on in last night's game. 
It has to get better, Mike. It really does. I mean, now, the de- the defense, Lewis, I thought they were pretty much outstanding for the situation that they were in in their secondary. So, kudos to Boyer. I thought he I thought he called a really good game. He d- he did an outstate. Listen, you had Bethel, right? And yep. you had Igbenogany out there on islands against a good group of receivers. And X-Man did his job as he normally does sure. as well. Um the linebacking crew is just outstanding. Can't say enough about them. I mean, I mentioned Van Ginkel and Baker earlier. They were great. Ingram, Ingram was around the football too. I saw him, you know, playing well, and Phillips played well. You know, they're doing a they're doing a great job. The secondary Phillips was, Phillips was exceptional. Last oh, Holland! Night. I, I thought that Holland, was that was his best game of his career. And Holland was exceptional too. And I Holland, mean, he, uh, the same thing. That was probably the best game of his career. He graded out incredibly well, yep. too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, he was 90.6, and Phillips was 87.5, and those are the kind of grades you want to see. You have to have it. You Riley, 84.3, and, uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he's he's a reserve, but when you put him in a game, he makes plays. He makes plays. Riley, Van Ginkle, 82.5. Ingram, 81.3. Jerome Baker, 78.1. So all yeah. these guys are playing well. Linebacking crew was out. Standing, Mike. Absolutely outstanding. Can't say enough about them, and they've been that way. You know, whether it, you know, when Riley, as you mentioned, is in the football game, he makes plays. He does a really good job out there. You know, they're holding us together. You know, can you sustain this? Is the question. Can you continue to lose guys on the defensive side and and expect to just win football games like this? I mean, right now, the offense has got to help the defense out. They, they're on the field way too much. I mean, they come back on the field after making stop after stop. I mean, come on, help them, guys. Just help them, you know? I mean, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing these guys getting broke down. You know, fourth quarters have been atrocious for us. I mean, we stepped up. We had three interceptions. We had one interception all season coming into this game, and we had three last night. But you're going against Goff next week. Right, you're going against Aaron Rodgers down the line. You're going against Josh Allen. Who else do we play down the stretch here, Mike? I mean, we're going against some really good quarterbacks. Well, you got to play the Lions and the Bears before you play anybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, the Lions have a pretty good quarterback and a good passing crew. So you know, then, you- then, then we play Cleveland at home, and then we uh, play Houston at home, and then we go to San Francisco and the Chargers, and uh, then the Bills. Okay. Three we got a nice in a row. We got a nice schedule ahead of us though. All winnable football games, even against San Diego. I mean, looks like Mike Williams went down, Keenan Allen's been hurt. I mean, there's a lot of injuries on that football team, but the offense has got to play better. They just have to. They 49ers, Chargers and Bills, and then you have the Packers, the Patriots and the Jets. Mhm. Wow. I mean, it's a nut Mike I'll tell you what, it's a nice schedule because the Packers do not look that good. Um, San Diego is kind of, you know, falling off a bit because they've got a bunch of injuries. I mean, these games, if this team somehow gets it together, Tua starts playing better football, they have an opportunity to win a lot of games down the stretch. But after last night's, you know, game, it just leaves a bad taste. They have to get better. They, they just have to. Let's they hope that that happens. Better. Let's hope that happens. All right. <laughs> you feel better? No, I don't. You know, this <laughs> this left a bad taste in my mouth last night, Mike. You know, I was so pumped up. I mean, every Dolphin fan's got to be excited. You see them come out and they look like 
it looked like the bear game on that Monday night, you know, when Marino came out with, yeah, you know, for, and, for a few moments while you had, you know, the guys walking around from 72 and well, no, I mean, the start of our game, forget about the guys walking around. I'm talking about the, at the start of the game, the way we just came out, bam, 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 moving up and down the field. Well, I was getting to you that. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. you know, I think they set the, you know, the older guys there set the tone, right? They mm-hmm. went out for a coin toss, and I'm sure they had words with the players because they've been in town for a couple of days. Yep. So, you know, that, that had to psych them up a little bit. You know, they, I'm sure they wanted to show well to the older guys on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. they did come out with a spark, but that spark left quickly. Very quick. Yep. After the first quarter. Now, I will I say uh, you know, the special teams were better last night. Uh, they were. Coverage. I've been critical of them, and they, they were better last night. All the way around. Sanders was great. The punter yep. was great. The, um, the coverage down the field was great. The only negative was Wilson on those, on those punt returns. What the? He scared the. Yeah, it makes you nervous. He was scaring the living shit out of me, Mike. Especially after that first one. I'm like, that is all we need is to give them a short field. Yeah, but he smoothed out after that. Mm, okay. That, that first one just made, you know. The second one was a little scary, too. He, he didn't look comfortable <laughs> back there. And well, I, don't I, don't know, th- I don't think he was. Mike, listen, I, I, put one guy back there and call it a day. I'm tired of that rotating bullshit, too. I mean, not for nothing, but I don't. You know, I don't want to see Holland back there and then see Tyreek Hill and then see Cedric Wilson and see this guy and that guy. Put somebody back there and just leave us be. I don't understand why we continue to rotate guys back there from week to week. What purpose does that serve? It makes no sense to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, just set a guy up. If Whether it be Wilson the rest of the season, fine. Because eventually you're going to have somebody make a mistake back there and it's going to be costly, whether it's a guy getting injured that you don't want getting injured or a fumble back there. Just get a guy back there that can just field the punt, get a couple of yards and get our offense on the field. End of story. Enough of the rotating door back there too. That's ridiculous. You'll you'll have to make that request to uh, no. I'm not going to make a special teams coach. It just makes sense. I mean, I don't. I don't. I just don't get it. You know, four or five different guys back there over the course of seven games, returning punts. Come on already. (laughs) Love of God. All right, Lewis. You know, look. Like I said, we won. Yes, we won. Four Four and three. three. It's about time we got a win, right? Four and three. We're on the right side of the five hundred. So. Let's hope we stay that way uh, after we leave Detroit. Yes. Speaking of Detroit, we'll be back uh, later in the week to discuss that game. Yeah. and uh, That's an interesting football team. That is. That is. Uh, coached by a guy we all liked, right? Campbell. Poach, coached by a guy, and I'll tell you, they've been in every single game. I think they played – who they played? Dallas this week? And, I mean, my goodness, did they battle. Yeah. I mean, that was a battle, that football game. You know, Dallas, you know, I know they wound up winning 24 to 6, but my goodness, I watched that game and I'm telling you from now, I mean, Jamal Williams, the running back, had a bad fumble uh, late in that game because it was nip and tuck the whole doggone game. And that's with Dallas's, you know, great defense. I mean, yep. 
it was tight. It was 10-6 in the third in the third quarter, and then uh, you know Dallas got a couple of breaks, and they wound up pulling it out. So that's how it goes, right? Yep. So yeah, Detroit's no slouch. That's all I'm saying. They better be prepared. All right, Lewis. Uh, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll be back later in the week. Until then, fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care. Podcast Network.